Hi, this is Alistair Crowley, one of my fucking goats of worshiping Satan. I'm listening to Murder Metal Man, yeah, bitches! In a case of the clap in a trailer court, able to shatter eardrums within a 666 mile radius. A podcast more brutal than all the rest. It's Murder Metal God damn, got Alistair Crowley, Chris, doing some promo for Murder Metal Mayhem. Fuck yeah, what's up, motherfuckers? Hell yeah, it is Tuesday, doing that thing we do here at Horns High Studios on our Horns High Podcast Network. And we had a you know a scheduling conflict the last time we were here, so it's nice going back to our usual Tuesday Hell and yeah. uh, going to tear apart episode 153 tonight. Yes, uh, got Joey and Chris uh, here with me. How's yep. everybody doing tonight? Doing grand. Chris, your head shaved and Fuck everything. Yeah, I shaved it all off, dude. Looking all sleek. It's actually long, dude. Wow. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Uh, what about uh, t-shirts? What do we got on, Chris? What you sporting over Man, there? Man, I got my uh, one of my favorite shirts. Joey got me actually, dude. Oh, Fucking that's right. Old school prohibition picture where they're carrying the signs saying we want beer. Fucking nice. I actually, I had somebody ask me like, "Is that like a real picture?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's a straight up, straight out of prohibition. <laughs> that's a real fucking picture." Yeah, Fuck that's it. hilarious. That's hilarious. Joey, what about you, dude? I got the uh, Bill Nye shirt on. Nice. I was rocking that because uh, my buddy was supposed to go into jail. for I a while. I saw that man. Yeah. He turned himself in on a warrant, and they fucking didn't fucking him. keep him. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I did see that, so I'm glad he's uh, seems to be turning it around a little bit. What he was obviously bumming out about having to go to right, jail, right. so yeah. you know that's good to know that he seems to be doing better, and uh, that's awesome. Sporting a shirt, and I've got my classic Murder Metal Mayhem Fuck yeah. T-shirt yeah. on, a little company T-shirt here with the fucking self promotion. <laughs> that's right, the ghouls coming out of the cemetery. Me, you uh joey and ck and uh jeff gaither designed it and uh so stephanie went down to florida and she was fucking on the way back on the plane she had the mermel man shirt she was like man i hope that you know tsa doesn't all right (laughs) (laughs) please come with us (laughs) yeah please come with us we heard about those fucking idiots uh Yeah, so last week, though, we had a couple of bonus episodes uh, for you guys since I was out with some carpal tunnel surgery. I'll have a quick update on that later. Everything's going fine. Uh, We released two Patreon-only interviews, uh, previously only for Patreon, one with uh, John Borowski, the documentarian, the serial killer guy, and uh, Nige Rocket, the guitarist of the band Onslaught, who we talk about all the time because of the... Six six fucking six music. So we hope you guys like those. If you missed either one, go on and give them a listen. We had about five or six hundred for each one of those. So very very cool. So thank you guys. That's good for a fucking old. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that was was very good. Uh, Tonight though, we got another crazy one. Uh, Starting off the month of October with a twisted motherfucker, the great beast himself, Alistair Crowley. We've had quite a few listeners over the years say, "When are you going to do Alistair Crowley?" Uh, And I've always had him on the list because I knew it would be a crazy one to do. And 
Figured October be the time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's a self-proclaimed Satanist. He's been part of heavy metal lore for fucking years. You know, we all know the Ozzy song, right? Oh, Mr. Yeah. Crowley. And so I was that's saying what that you should most that of us fucking karaoke. I actually was going to, yeah. um, but my hand was bothering right, me right, that yeah. day. I was trying to finish you up. You get the a note. pass on it because of that. Otherwise. No, I actually had the music and everything ready oh, to yeah. go. I found a really good one with the solo was spot oh, on. Nice. It was Fuck really yeah. cool. Uh, and I was bummed I didn't uh, did not do it, but I got the the real Mr. Crowley right. for bumper music oh, yeah. from the '80s because that's how most people know of of Crowley. Really, in the modern age, is the Ozzy song. So we're going to be doing some other creepy shit in October, and so yeah, certainly starting it out right with some Alistair Crowley. He has been on the list since the very beginning. So uh got ck warming up ready to throw down in the metal segment he's actually going to be talking about doing something different this week chris a little bit different for sure yeah he's going to be talking about crowley's influence on other bands so there's been quite a few of them uh because yeah, there's been like you said a lot yeah i mean for the bumper music this week i could have put 20 songs oh, yeah. on there there's so many yeah. i just picked a couple um plus uh you know the the obvious classic. I could yeah, not you gotta pass on Mister Crowley, um, but uh, so CK mixing it up a bit. He'll do oh, that yeah. for us in the metal segment. Uh, got a killer cage match tonight. Got some listeners, Chris. We want to say thank you to yeah. We got Justin Morris, Rebecca Boomstock, always in there. Yeah, we got Sarah Miller. So thank you all. Appreciate it. fucking listening, checking the shit. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, always good to see the the names each week, especially Rebecca. Man, she's there every time. Right, every time, dude. <laughs> and uh, we have a good one tonight, Joey. A uh, couple of blasts from our past yeah. here. In the right corner from Kansas City, <laughs> Robert Berdella. In the right corner, left, whichever. <laughs> the other. From the Moors, Ian Brady. Right. Ian well, Brady and fucking Berdella going at ooh. it in the cage. That's going to be sick, man. Berdella yeah. was nasty, man. Yeah. Uh, Ian Brady, though, uh, he's killing kids. He's though. killing. So yeah, you know, so we'll that. have to see what the what the variable. And That's such right. Is. Objects and variable can make it crazy. We know that. So Fuck yeah, we'll do that in mayhem. Uh, thanks to everybody out there listening uh, to the show. We continue to see the numbers rolling in this week. Uh, Two thousand eight hundred and seventy oh, yeah. total listens. So thank you. That's very cool, especially in a week where we had a couple of bonus episodes because we were speaking off, of so. that number of listens 2870 that's right didn't we have a winner for that we do speaking of listeners our listener christy grand for winning oh, the contest yeah. nice. uh christy i'm not sure where she's from because i couldn't see that on her profile since we're not friends on facebook but anyway christy if you're listening you've got 48 hours you've got until uh, we'll say Saturday uh, at midnight uh, to uh, Central Time to respond to this by emailing me very simply um, because you guessed 2,800 listens and it was 2,870. So you guessed you were the closest that wasn't over. And the contest Way to was, count them jelly beans. That's right. That's right. Uh, she wins the Murder Metal Mayhem activity book, Chris. That's the awesome. classic. Hell yeah. Color Joe Matheny, Ricky Casso. Some good uh, word searches and serial killer uh, right. crossword puzzles. 
And uh, if you get that some email stickers. before 48 hours, though. That's right. And that's how she gets a copy of my new book, Creation right. of Chaos Either 3. Way, you still get the, the activity book. Right. So all you got to do, Christy, is email me at Pete at MurderMetalMayhem.com, and I'll send you all of that stuff. So Saturday midnight uh, is the deadline for that. But like oh, yeah. Chris said, if you miss it, you're still going to get the original promised activity book and right. stickers. All right. All right, uh, so Joey, Chris, got a lot on our plate tonight. Going to be taking a little trip across that pond. We've done this a few times. Getting yeah. out some black candles and starting some incantations. Fuck, fucking let's get our fucking Satan on. Satan, 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 Satan. there for you if of you course. don't know that song you need to get the fuck going man i don't know about <laughs> anything else but even if you don't like Ozzy, you yeah know i oh, mean but... mr crowley is classic man i'm just that just makes me think of like you know okay there's probably maybe some younger listeners maybe that <laughs> it's not as prominent to them you know yeah but i it, what that made me think of was i was sitting at fucking work the other day and this is how i'm just gonna start our podcast <laughs> yeah but, but no it was so fucked up I, I didn't even say nothing i couldn't i didn't open my mouth but i heard these these kids talking at work because they're all younger there you know right right fucking they're like oh did you see they're gonna make a teen wolf movie remember that series and you know they were talking i'm like do you know they make series came from a fucking movie movie, of which there were two of back in the day exactly but (laughs) but they like totally had no clue that there was a you know they're like oh my god this movie's coming out off this i'm like I could. I just left the room. Yeah, yeah. You almost can't. You almost can't. So yeah. So I get you though. But yeah, Mr. Crowley, yes. iconic, and for sure had to play it tonight. A little extended with the the organ oh, yeah. intro and all that. Be uh, that we're talking about this very very intriguing figure from the 20th century for very influential. A lot of artists, bands, uh, people that are into occultism. Yep. Fucking Aleister Crowley, man. Getting nasty tonight, Chris. A little, little bit. Satanic, pretty fucked up. Uh, he was dubbed the wickedest man in the world, and he called himself the Great Beast 666. Gotta love that. Yeah, that's you pretty fucking people that sick. give themselves a badass name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just call, the, no, this is what you call me, bro. In the early 1900s, too. Right. I mean, yeah. goddamn. I mean, it's pretty ballsy. Uh, most people in the modern age would know about Crowley from the Ozzy song, like we said. But for some, he's a very influential figure in the dark world of black magic, the <coughs> occult, mysticism. And I'll admit, I mean, back in the 80s, I had some interest in that sort of thing, like a lot of other metalheads did. 
But I quickly, you know, found I wasn't really interested in it. Was more of a passing fad. But you know, it was I'm, like I'm not saying anything against people that are into that stuff. It's just not for me. It's like That's I'm all. evil, dude. I like magic. Yeah, I mean, and it was you know made you feel like you know, oh wow, people are freaked out because I got the satanic Bible, you know? <laughs> right? Exactly. And it's, dude. it's really not what people would think that it is. Um, I honestly, you know, don't take some of this kind of stuff seriously, but I do find it intriguing. Um, and we will talk about Crowley, his life, his passions, and his definitely passion. the sordid side. He liked the fuck. <laughs> yeah. And it was okay if they were animals and stuff, Didn't too. Matter. No. Um, all of the above is what he was circling <laughs> on that one. So we're going to do it. Um, you know, he also, um, you know, had a way of looking at things that a lot of people could get behind, you know, and I could see where some of the allure was with that, you know, just kind of do what you want, basically. Um, you know, he was having orgies with animals and yeah. doing some pretty fucked up shit. So as I was going through this, I'm kind of recuperating from the surgery, and I'm just like, okay, I could only handle so much of this. But Chris, <laughs> what did you know about Crowley before we did uh, research for this one tonight? I knew that he was a fucked up individual. I didn't really know a whole lot about what he fucking actually did throughout life. I just knew he was a guy that was into fucking like the occult and shit. I didn't really know a lot. Right. Yeah, definitely a very intriguing. The name has got kind of an, an interesting ring to it. Joey, what about you, man? Uh, <clears throat> probably kind of like you. I mean, I was young in the 80s, so the song Mr. Crowley was probably my first introduction to even who that dude was. Right. And then, you know, when I was probably like, young teens and thinking i was all satanist and, right yeah. right you know and there's some evil like you said you know like friends got the fucking satanic bible you right know, I, I got the anarchist cookbook we're reading these things like right. we're doing something and like it was kind of like a fad and I, I grew out of it myself but not ever i'm not talking shit because some people that believe in that shit oh yeah, yeah totally for real yeah, yeah, yeah. i agree to I, me i just you know i personally grew out of it but that's how i did find out about crowley and anton LaVey, like oh, yeah. all that at about the same time for me and to be honest it wasn't too far off from the time I was first listening to like fucking Deicide and Morbid Angel. So right. that all made sense too because I'm fucking listening to what they're talking about. Sure. And then watching Hellraiser and shit too. Right. Fucking, oh so. yeah, for sure. I mean it's it's hard to get away from it if you were doing anything like any of us in this room into metal yeah. and stuff like that back in the day, a lot of the satanic imagery, it's, it's kind got of a lot of the Crowley uh, stuff, LaVey, both, kind of hand in hand. It was like while I was growing up, it was almost like, uh, uh, I don't know, like fucking our musical tastes fucking are kind of what separated some of me and some of the people I knew or just other people or whatnot. It was like, I grew up in fucking you get you get the black metal and the death metal side and the people that were into the more of the evil shit or things like that they went with the black metal and i was more into like the death the and the gore and, the, and yeah. shit. right so i went with the death metal side yeah and it was kind of funny because it was like people you all listen to the same shit growing up like the thrash and all that right. but when shit got a little more extreme then you people started getting their own persona i guess yeah and uh yeah you get people fracturing like that because right, yeah, yeah i would have gone to the death metal side myself right. Uh, not a, a huge black metal fan, but again, like like with the Crowley stuff, hey, if it's your thing, that's awesome. Hell yeah. We're just going to talk about it. Um, he was born Edward Ale Alexander Crowley in 1875 in Warwickshire. War, that's yeah. a fucking tongue twister. Warwickshire. Warwickshire. 
Thank you. England. Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking of. Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Uh, born Edward, though, not Alistair. We'll talk about that. Uh, in England, a very wealthy home. Uh, he's an only child. They did have a daughter that died as a baby. Did I so think when he was very young? Turned out that she died like hours after being born. I think that was right. Yeah, it yeah. Wasn't, wasn't long. But, you know, that time period, certainly, that was a lot more common. For right? sure. Uh, his father, Edward, was an engineer, but had a share of the family business. Fuck yeah, badass. Crowley's Alton Ales, Chris, yeah, a brewery, man. Is that something that's still around? No, I don't know. I don't think it is. I don't know, uh, but that would be like, funny if it was, yeah. uh, which is kind of funny that they made all their money off a of brewery because they were like crazy religious, yeah, right. like yeah. over-the-top religious, uh, which does seem kind of funny. But his dad does retire, so maybe that's why, is he thought, you know, hey, I don't agree with this, so I'm just going to get out of this and take my millions and go right off into the sunset. So who knows? But um, he does retire before Alistair's even born, um, and it would be later in his college years that he would take on that name, Alistair. And for our purposes, you know, we'll just call him that. It's just a lot easier. Yeah, who um, the fuck's Edward Keller? Well, and yeah. no, from what I've read and heard, I have not seen any significance to Alistair. It was a very common English name, so it wasn't like some really unique name. And uh, nobody really seems to know if it was a had a meaning to him, but nobody right. that I heard. I don't know. Did you guys hear anything about it? It meant 666. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't see nothing about Yeah, that. I didn't see anything. Um, so he, he retires, um, he's got this son, the parents are evangelical Christians, Chris, so very, very religious. Um, and you know, sometimes we find with people that end up like Crowley, you know, into satanic stuff, they're rebelling against their parents, you know, even as adults, uh, his father was actually born a Quaker and then became a preacher of the Christian fundamentalists known as the Plymouth Brethren, a very strict sect, a big influence on Alistair as a child. Uh, he wanted to be a preacher as well. Uh, Which the is nuts. Mother, yeah. As a kid, he wanted to be a preacher. See what God did? But he was super right. young, too. Very young, yeah. But his dad, you know, like most kids, big influence on him. But his mom, he had a really strange relationship with his mother, um, she was very, very super religious as well. She actually called him the Beast. He just so, added the six six six. Yeah, she called him the he Beast. He modified it a little bit, right? You know? But he rolled with it. He sexied it up a little bit. He rolled with it though. He's just he like, did. fuck okay. yeah, I got the best nickname. I just got to add a little pizzazz yeah. to that shit. What there was you it? go. Sorry there to you put go. it together. Um, Crowley's had a, a brewing company. Yeah, and they called him the Beast. And now you got Milwaukee's oh, best, which they call oh, the Beast. The beast. Oh, damn. I wonder if that's Crowley's wow. secret recipe. It could be. It could be. Uh, his mother, though, really a strange relationship there. Very, very strained. Uh, now, Chris, I read that his dad would read Bible verses to him yeah. and his mother at the breakfast table. Which I don't know, Pawback, is dad that something that, he's yeah. doing? Dad be doing that all the time. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> and then he'll fucking get up and fucking kick the chair and be like, now get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to imagine breakfast at the Shawbacks with Pawback getting all biblical. And- um, 
It's it's painful sometimes. It's like, so we really got to do this again. <laughs> now, Joey, it is funny, you know, someone growing up like this going the way Crowley does. But we've talked before when we did our episode um, about your particular upbringing in the church. Did you want to speak on that whole, you know, very religious people and how they kind of look at things? Right. I mean, differently than the rest of us. Yeah. Uh, as far as my family went, I've met people throughout the years that were like way more fanatical about Jesus and all that stuff. So I'm not trying to say like my family was like super crazy straight on, but I did go to church all the time. My, my family is involved heavily in it, but, uh, you know, you got, I don't know. It's kind of like playing Russian roulette because you, you got two fucking kids just say, and one of the, you know, you bring them both up the same way and you're fucking harping that into their heads. And especially we're talking more extreme with, you know, Crowley with his mom and shit, but than anything I did, but you got these people and you're telling them all this shit. And then you got one who he's going to fucking grow up and fucking see things a different way. He's not going to fucking, everything you just told him looks like a lie to him. So he's going to be like, fuck that shit. And he's going to fucking, you know, fall from grace and rebel against that shit. And then you got somebody else who, through that teaching, they believe it so much, they continue to do that in their life. And if their life coincides with that path where that can continue on and they feel that that's a true faith for them, right. then they can become you know it, anywhere from fucking somewhat interested to fanatical about it, but right. their belief system can be there forever. So <clears throat> it's really hard to tell. It's like, okay, you you want to push your belief so hard into your kids so that they'll grow up the way that you think that they should, right. the way that you see right for the world and shit. But man, it's really hard to tell if that kid's going to fucking reject that information or take or it take and run it. with right. it. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's an interesting point. I'm sure that would be, uh, you know, fascinating. In this case, obviously Alistair is like, fuck that. Going the opposite. I'm going way the yeah, other way. All hardcore here. Yeah. So at eight years old, um, Alistair is sent to the Evangelical Christian Boarding School. Uh, he was sent to a preparatory school in Cambridge, run Crowley by a, a preacher, <laughs> <laughs> run by a preacher who Alistair would later call a sadist. So I don't know if he was into like whipping kids in the ass with a paddle type of thing, and he's referring to him as a sadist for that reason. But I don't know. I didn't see that. I'm just joking around. Like Ed Gein or a fucking Albert Fish style. Exactly. Yeah, straight up Albert Fish Right. Style. I mean, he called the guy a sadist. I don't know. There had to be a reason. Right. March of 1887, Alistair would have been 11. His dad dies of tongue cancer. I've never That's even, brutal. I've never heard of somebody dying of tongue cancer. That's fucking. Me either. Me either. That's That's fucking, that would be fucking shitty, though, dude. Right. Like, that fucked him. That fucked his world up because he's like I said he's only eleven and yeah, he, like worshipped his dad basically. Yeah, that's I mean, when the fucking all right, fuck you, God, I'm yeah. going the other way. Shit started. That's true, and you know, unfortunately, we we've seen this before. Big, you know, radical change in their life. You know, parent passing uh, at a young age. It just really fucks them up, um, as it would with anybody. I mean, anybody losing a dad at that age, that's tough. I mean, he's you know referred to him as his hero. And, you know, most kids at that age look at their parents that way, you know. 
Now uh, that his dad is gone, though, he inherits a little bit of money, guys. He's uh, very, very wealthy. Hell yeah. Um, he would begin acting out and doing all sorts of stupid shit in school. I mean, why not? Like, yeah, I got it. all this money. Why yeah. am I even going to be in school? Right. Fuck all you guys. Yeah, like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm going to go climb some I'm mountains. just going to just cause <laughs> havoc and just fucking drive you guys crazy because I'm so rich. Um, he was punished for that by the preacher uh, that he said was a sadist. So maybe that's where the right. lashings on his buttocks came from. Uh, he goes on to college, and that's when he starts to strike out against Christianity, pointing out inconsistencies in the Bible to his religious professors. Of course, not going to be a big hit with them. It never is. No. <laughs> <laughs> never. Hey, but what about this part and this part? Right. Uh, yeah. That was go, a typo. Go sit down. <laughs> uh, Alistair would do things that weren't accepted by their religious teachings. He's smoking. He's masturbating, apparently, a lot. <laughs> and having sex with prostitutes where he contracts a little gonorrhea. Fucking so he's, right. Having some STDs, Chris. He's having a good time, though. He is. And Chris, <laughs> speaking of that, at age 14, he loses his virginity to the maid I don't on think, his I, mom's bed. I think that was, no, I think that was, he lost his virginity to somebody else, but the the maid, the maid on the mom's bed is for real. Right. And then they fired spite, her. Yeah, just out of spite because he fucking hated his mom at that point or whatever. Right. Just like, all right, fuck you, watch this. Yeah. And, yep. They fired her. <laughs> yeah, they fired her. But what's interesting, though, is I've heard that she could potentially be one of the Ripper victims yeah, because yeah. this would have happened right at that time. Right. So that's pretty fascinating if Crowley crazy. has a tie to the one of the Ripper victims. Right. I don't know. The, what I listened to, I'll reference it later, the actual podcast where I heard that. I was just found it pretty fascinating. Right? Crowley could have been the Ripper. It's very possible. It's very possible. Very possible. <laughs> Who knows? Because yeah, he would have been, well, he would have been a teenager, but, you know, yeah. it's anything's so? possible, right? Yeah, I mean, and Jesse Pomeroy was right. a lot younger, right? Um, it was during his time, though, that he become, in college, that he would become an accomplished mountain climber. This is fucking crazy. Yo, 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 Climbing yo, yo. the fucking Alps. I mean, did you see some God of those pictures of right. him? <laughs> did you see some of those pictures of him? He's like all like wild hair and like oh, yeah. big bushy beard and looked like he'd just been like literally living in the Alps for... Because he was. Because he was. <laughs> he just looked rough, man. And he was a fucking beast, though. I mean, legit. Um, climbing. He was the first person. I didn't catch the name of the mountain range. Or the mountain, but it was the first time a human being had ever done it without a guide. Uh, he did it, so it was pretty crazy. Um, so definitely uh, very accomplished with that stuff. Uh, I also read um, that there was an incident where he went climbing with a group. And they got fucking sick of his ass, so they left him there. Right. And he told them, where you're going, you're going to, you know, that's not safe. Right. Like, that's why he didn't want anything to do with it. And they were, like, basically telling him to fuck off, and they left him. And then most of them died oh, yeah, an from, like, an avalanche. Yeah, yeah it's like, duh. And apparently, he was like, summoning cra- demons in the fucking tent <laughs> when they were walking away, dude. Like, yeah. And Crowley was like, when it happened, like, apparently, like, he could have, like, gone and got help, and he just, like, him. laid I told in his him not tent. To go, dude. Laid in his tent, was just like, fuck him. Exactly. You know, so. I told him not to go that way. Fuck. Yeah. So, uh, pretty brutal stuff. Um, 
And I found that fascinating, though, with the mountain climbing and then that incident with the group. And um, he's also at this time writing and publishing a lot of poems and other writing. Um, I read also that he published some horror short stories. I wanted to read one, but I couldn't find any of them online. I found a book of them, though, and I'm tempted to just buy it just for the hell of it. Yeah. Because I really would love to read them. Um, Apparently, he gave a, a go at writing horror short stories. So that would be kind of interesting. There's a book of them that he published, uh, late 1800s. Um, I've never read any of them. So, uh, but you know, his, some of his writing is pretty interesting. Yeah. You got, y'all are about to find out in a bit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Now, Joey Crowley starts to get into that weird character that we're going to be talking about here. 1895. He's at Cambridge. He's studying philosophy he has his first gay encounter, so he's like, he's starting to get kind of freaky with some of his beliefs, and <clears throat> this is where people kind of know of him from this this time period. Right, from here on, basically. Uh, I mean, he was a character, that's exactly what he was, and that's probably why his fucking persona has stood the test of time even to this day you know right he's just a straight rebel right it's not so much like you know his belief system because he could have just been some normal joe looking dude but you start fucking looking like the devil yeah he's very intense looking right (laughs) right he's trying to look fucking the part of the beast 666 Right. You know, (laughs) doing a good job of it. Yeah. But like you said, from here on, like he just, it it all intensifies now. Yeah. It keeps kind of ratcheting up here. Um, He would continue to publish his own work, which, uh, you know, when you're rich, you know, you just keep doing. Not like back then there was Amazon like I'm doing. He would have been (laughs) publishing, you know, putting up quite a big chunk of cash to get books books printed up. Yeah. Yeah. So different time, of course. Uh, he's doing some erotic poetry. Uh, he's doing a lot of drugs. Lots uh, sets, of fucking drugs. Sex with prostitutes. He's getting syphilis, gonorrhea, other stuff, uh, traveling the world, just doing a bunch of crazy shit. Yeah, sounds, sounds like, hey, like he's, he's a young guy fucking, with a lot of money. Right, that's what I'm I mean, saying. Fuck, fucking, fuck yeah, dude. I mean, a lot of people would be like I'm going to spend this money and have a good fucking time. You, yeah. like, you know, like I didn't see any fucking influence cited, but he had to have been like Marquis de Sade crazy. Oh, I would agree, man. He's <clears> just completely out of control because... He was raised rich, so he's never had to do without. Right. So to him, it was just like, whatever. You I'm going to do my life. Trust fun, uh, kid. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. He would really get into the occult when he came upon the secret society of the Order of the Golden Dawn. <laughs> he, would, uh, he would really take to their interpretation of the occult and mysticism and would rise up in their ranks pretty fast. Uh, and this caused some friction, though, within the group, yeah. eventually gets him thrown out. Um, but this is what Crowley, this is kind of what got him started into the occult to the degree that we would know him for. Um, now, in my first band, we actually wrote a song called The Golden Dawn. Uh, both of us had a copy of it. Um, I, again, it was it would have been the same time as as I had went through that phase of, you know, reading that kind of stuff. And to me, it was, it was interesting, but it was definitely nothing I really wanted to pursue. I just found it interesting. 
And so Crowley's getting into this sect. It's kind of a, you know, almost like the Freemasons in a way. Um, but this was certainly much more uh, into the occult and, and that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, back then, again, in the 80s, you know, this would have been a lot more of a, as Joey pointed out, just kind of a phase that a lot of people went through. Uh, some people, again, still digging it. And, yeah. that's, and that's awesome. Now, Chris, I did hear and read that some of Crowley, uh, or some believe that Crowley was actually a spy for the British intelligence, which sounds kind of crazy with the shit we've been talking about. But he was a smart guy, and he knew a lot of people. So, I mean, did you hear anything about that? I honestly didn't really, don't remember or recall seeing anything about that. I ain't saying it ain't true. Yeah. I just was not paying attention at that moment in time. Well, when I was researching this, that that one caught me off guard. Joey, what about you, man? Uh, I didn't really see too much into it, but it kind of it made me think of, like, you know, the Whitey Bulger deal. Right. It's like the British could have used him because, like you said, he did know everybody. He was uh, had fucking, he ran in all the circles, basically. Right. But, you know, if if he if that was the case, he was definitely fucking doing his own thing, like, right. regardless. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think it's very possible a rich guy with connections would be a perfect person yeah. to, you know, go undercover. Because the, the one thing that I heard about this was that they said, hey, you know, this is a group we don't know anything about. And we have no way to infiltrate the group. So here's a guy that can get in with them and then tell us what they're really up to. Are they up to nefarious right. stuff or is it just a religious thing and it's pretty harmless? You at know? the same time, you guys can turn the other eye whenever I'm into necrobestial sex. Totally. With, right. You know, or right. in our barns. And exactly. Exactly. It's fucked up. Um, so I guess anything is possible, but it does seem a bit outlandish to think that the military intelligence would have used him this way, but who knows? Um, I read an article that claims the British have never denied the claim, uh, hmm. that he was a spy, that he was a spy for them. So who the fuck knows? Uh, so it's 1900 Crowley spent some time in Mexico, which I also in the same podcast, Mentioned Mexico as being significant significant at that time because of oil, and governments were really fine trying to find places they could get oil to have more negotiating power for prices and stuff like that. So some wondered, was he there on the behalf of the British to find out where the places were and who the players were in Mexico? If you want to drill for oil, gotta get oil. I don't know. You know, it's it's certainly. Makes you wonder, but who knows? Um, they also talk about his involvement with the Freemasons, which I have to make a comment. I've probably said this before, <laughs> but when I watch or listen or read stuff about the Freemasons, it makes me laugh, okay? <laughs> because, yes, there probably was some crazy shit that went on in like the 17 or 1800s with all groups, right? Right. But modern... Okay, in America, Freemasons, okay, I belonged to the local Bloomington Masonic Lodge for a few years. I don't currently, and I have it for 20-plus years. But when I did, this is like guys meeting after work. They meet once a week. They play cards. They talk. They eat. There's always food there. 
And then if somebody's, you know, going through one of the degrees, they'll they'll do that. And I'm not going to get into all the specifics. But basically, that was, they were a group of guys that weren't harming a fucking soul. And they were doing a shitload of charity work because the Masons are part of the Shriners are part of the Freemasons. So Shriners are good, you know, hospitals for kids. I mean, right. they do a lot of stuff. And so these are not... <laughs> These nefarious people, you know, in dark corners doing black magic. It's nothing like that. It's a couple of guys hanging out, eating some walleye on a Thursday night and just talking about, you know, what they've been up to and All stuff right. like that. It's it's completely harmless. The people I met there were super nice. So Pete's gonna come it up is kind of crazy. There's going to be fucking Masonic symbols all over his head. Well, you know, and that's how I came up with the band name Low 12 was yeah. from the third degree in Freemasonry. So... Uh, but for no other reason than I liked the name, not that what it meant, right, although right. what it meant was interesting. Um, but anyway, uh, the Masonic thing just makes me laugh because they talk about it like those Masonic, you know, the Freemasons, you know. And I'm thinking, okay, like back in the Knights Templar days, you know, okay, yeah. I can see There was some brutal-ass shit going on back then, you know. But uh, not now, at least not here in the U.S., uh, so I just wanted to point that out. Now, yeah. I mentioned that Crowley was writing some really, really raunchy stuff. And in a lot of the podcasts I've listened to, I've heard them read parts of this, Chris, this poem. Oh, yeah. Leah Sublime. It's really bad. I know we don't normally give warnings, really but this is, just, <laughs> this is fucking... just kind of fucked up to think of somebody writing a poem like this. But... It's very crude, but it is obviously Aleister Crowley and what I think Joey has to be a gourmand. I don't know how yeah. you don't write a gourmonger song called Leah Sublime. No, the fucking lyrics to the well the <laughs> whatever the they're fucking definitely just basically fucking death metal sick fucking shit. Totally, totally. But yeah. We're gonna, so we uh, thought it would be fun to put, do a little twist on this, Joey, and have you read this for our listeners. Yeah. You're going to read the whole poem. I'm so going to read the whole. It's, it's fucking, pretty extensive. It's, it's pretty long. Yeah, long, dude. It's extensive. So, so. we're going to do this, and then you guys can hear it, though. It is, I mean, it's fucking it's tight, though. It's really fucked up. Yeah, I knew you would be the best suited to do this. I and mean, I'm gonna, gonna fuck this up about ten times, but and you're gonna you're do right. this in a in an accent, right? I mean, well, what I'm gonna do, <laughs> I figured it out because we talked a few. I, we talked about doing it as Punky Brooks four one nine ho, but I don't want to do that because that would be too ridiculous. Right, and, and then we talked about like the English accent, but all my accents sound fucking like my my australian sounds british and my english sounds <laughs> I, i'm terrible but it's still funny uh we were talking about chris whenever he did the the ilsa fucking yeah, commercial yeah. Ilsa Seamstress Stephanie, service, yeah. she had said that you sound i couldn't remember what it was she said you sound like sebastian from the little mermaid that's hilarious anyway so yeah we have fun we try to do oh, these yeah. accents and shit so so i'm gonna do, i'm gonna say this whole thing but i'm gonna do it like a fucking a deaf jam right a okay. deaf deaf comedy slam you know what i'm yeah, talking yeah. about i know what you're talking about all right so right. I'm going to get deaf with This is Leah Sublime by Aleister Crowley. It's, it's long. It's fucking long. Right. <laughs> Leah Sublime, goddess above me, snake of the slime, Aleister will love me. Our master, the devil, prospers the revel. Tread with your foot, my heart till it hurt. 
Tread on it, put the smear of your dirt. On my love, on my shame, scribble your name. Straddle your beast, my masterful bitch. With the thighs of your grease, with the sweat of your itch. Spit on me, scarlet, mouth of my harlot. Now in your wide, raw cunt, the abyss. Spent spouting the tide of your sizzly piss. In my mouth, oh my whore, let it pour, let it pour. You're stale like a mare, and fart as you stale. Through straggled wet hair, you spout like a whale. Splash manure and piss from the sewer. Down to the quick with your tooth on my lip. And your hand on my prick with feverish grip. My life is a drinks. How your breath stinks. Your hand, oh, unclean. Your hand that has wasted. Your love and obscene. Black mastiff that tasted. Your soul, it's your hand. Feel my prick stand. Your <laughs> lifetime's from lewd. Little girl to mature. Worn whore that is chewed. Your own pile of manure. Your hand was the key to. And now you freaked me too. Rub all the much on your cunt on me, Leah. Cunt let me suck all your glued gonorrhea. Cunt without end. Amen till you spend. Cunt, you have arbored all did. Dirt and disease in your slimy, unbarbered, loose hole with its cheese and its monthly <laughs> and its monthlies and pox. Your chewer of cocks, cunt you have sucked up pricks you squirted out fetuses fucked till bastards you blurted out into space. Spend on my face, rub all your gleed away and venom the arrow. May your pox eat away me to the marrow, cunt you have got me. I love you to rot me. Spend again, lash me, Leah one spasm. Scream to me, say, splash me, slime of the chasm. Choke me with splith of your sow belly's filth. Stab your demoniac, smile to my brain. Soak me in cognac, cut in cocaine. Yeah. Sprawl on me, sit on my mouthly as shit. Shit on me, slut. Creamy the curds that drip from your gut. Greasy the turds, dribble your dung on the tip of my tongue. Turn on me, Leah. Twist on your thighs. Smear diarrhea into my eyes. Smear diarrhea into my eyes. That's what he just said. Splutter out shit from the bottomless pit. Turn to me. Chew it. With me, Leah. Whore. Vomit. Spew it. And look it once more. We can make lust. Drunk on disgust. Splan your gut. Your asshole, my lover. You bugger and slut. I know where to shove her. There she goes, plum. Up the foul bitch's bum. Sack full of skin and bone as I speak. I'll bugger your grin into a shriek. Bugger, you slut. Bugger, you gut. Wriggle, you hog. Wrench at the paint. Wrench at it, drag. It half out and suck it in. Scream, you hog dirt, you. I want it to hurt you. Breastline a squirt from your cocksucker's hole. Pelch out the dirt from your syphilis soul. Splutter foul words through the supper of turds. May the devil our lord your soul scribble over with sayings of order. Call me your lover, slave of the gut, of the arse of the slut. Call me your sewer of split and snot, your fart sniffer, chewer of the shit in your slot. Call me as you rave in the rape of your slave. Fuck shit, let me come. <laughs> Estriel, fuck. I'm spending your bum. Shit, give me the muck. From the whores are slick, dirt of the prick. Eat it, you sow. I'm your dog, fuck shit. Swallow it now, rest for a bit. Satan, you gave a crown to the slave. I am your fate on your belly above you. I swear it by Satan. Leah, I love you. I'm going insane. Do it again, 419, ho, represent. Wow. Fuck yeah, bro. God damn. God fuck damn, yeah. Joey. That was fucking really awesome. That, that was, was ridiculous. great, dude. Wow. <laughs> Little Alistair yeah. Crowley in the fucking Poem Leah Sublime.
time. So holy, yeah, it's shit. cool to see parts of that you got to hear the whole thing. It's so yeah, crazy. I mean it's yeah, over the, whole, the top, yeah. man. It's over the top and written in. I was at the 1920s, maybe. Yeah, um, long time ago. Yeah, it's uh, God, you know yeah. pretty crazy. Um, it would be 1904, so maybe it was earlier than that. Then I don't remember the year that he wrote that. Um, but 1904, Crowley comes up with his own religion, uh, Thelema, uh, and the book that would be like a Bible to that religion, the Book of the Law and his infamous Gnostic Mass. That's fucking weird. I know that's some weird shit, and I've seen plenty of bands do stuff like that. Hell yeah. Uh, the famous quote from that book, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Oh. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, that's kind of the, the, the saying from that book that just a lot do of people what you talk want, about. Alistair did. did yeah, I mean, he's whatever. just like whatever, you know, just like complete anarchy, you know. I'm not going to get into, you know, uh, the book that specifically, but um, like I said, uh, I read that he wrote it over a few days of being on a lot of drugs and doing lots of rituals. And he's, of course, Pre-Stephen claiming... King. Yeah, that he that he's the ruler and you know all that. So a lot of these cults and people that make up these religions, they kind of become the focal point of it and obviously for, you know, the perks of being the guy in charge, right? It's it's funny cuz like his persona so he does that. He gets all fucked up and writes a book and fucking becomes cult classic or whatever. Right. Uh but he's also fucking like in the preacher's fucking realm where he can get people to fucking Follow, follow him and, him and all that yeah. yeah, I mean, he but learned it, it from his dad. But know? it is, like Chris said, like, no lie, Stephen King, you know, writing a book, Misery or whatever, fucking just... Completely w- on, fucked up. Oh, yeah. cocaine, like... Oh, yeah. Doing his own rituals and everything. Uh, or Hunter S. Thompson writing Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Right. Like, it's all the same kind of shit. It's true. But because he had that following, it, it looked more uh, of a religion almost. Right. From Kind of more ominous, right. for sure. Uh, So he continues to travel the world. He does spend some time here in the U.S. Uh, He also spent time in Italy, uh, where he used a house for just drunk and (laughs) drug-induced orgies (laughs) with animals and whatever is available. It's got a whole fuck it. Yeah, I mean, pretty fucking (laughs) crazy shit. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they're talking about goats, and it's, it's fucked up. Now, Moose, this is how fucked up this dude was. Mussolini, and we know he was a fucked up individual, would find this stuff out that he did, this <laughs> depraved like, Yo, shit. You got to get the fuck out of my country, him the fuck out of the country. Like, <laughs> holy shit. Get the fuck going, dude. Like, dude, you are too <laughs> fucked up, man. Get out of here. And so he is fucking doing heroin, other hard drugs. He's a complete mess. He winds up buying this house in Loch Ness Fuck in yeah. Scotland. He's like, oh, Italy's going to kick me out. Scotland will take me. That's right. <laughs> and he buys this house there where he does a six-month-long ritual. He doesn't make it to the end because he's only eating bread and water while this is going on, Chris. And he's getting up at like 3 in the morning to start praying and doing these rituals, and he finally just says, fuck this. I'm done. I'm ordering I'm Domino's. Hungry, bro. Yeah, right. I'm going to the fucking movie. I'm fucking fuck about this. to kill this goddamn sheep outside. Right, fuck. exactly. So uh, he 
you know, his whole dream gives up was on to uh, find Loch Ness monster and fuck it. Yeah, he's all fucked Probably. up. I see it, bro. I see it. Like, I'm I gonna fuck it. that thing one day. I'm gonna buy it. this house. I'm gonna watch for it. <laughs> the best orgy of all time with Loch Ness. <laughs> Uh, so oddly, that house would later be purchased by Led Zeppelin guitarist Jimmy Page, who was really into Crowley, had a lot of Crowley stuff, and purchased the house. Now, drummer uh, John Bonham died at Page's house, but it wasn't the house in Loch Ness, right. because I had thought that that's where it was. I had heard he died in Alistair Crowley's old house that Jimmy Page owned, but that is not true. They still um, said so, that there was like a whole fucking series of things after he bought the house, like yes. the tragedies within his life. And, and a lot of people that bought the house, the right. suicides there, yeah. a lot of crazy stuff. And a lot of people claim it was haunted. So who knows, right? Um, I do believe it wound up burning down, if I'm not mistaken, in right. one of the incidents that happened there. Now, Chris, Crowley is starting to run out of a little bit of that inheritance. He's spending kind of crazy. I mean, the getting shit desperate. Yeah, so sometimes you got to just be like, oh, I wrote this and people's making money off of it. So you can go sue them. I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but there was one thing they took. Yeah, he course. did win a lawsuit. He and he lawsuit. also was just like, hey, if everybody thinks I'm fucked up and crazy, I might as well go with go it. Go with the part, yeah. And he decides to finally start selling some of his, the book of the law and some other stuff. Right. And, you know, might, might as well make some money doing that, you know, because he was starting to run low on his inheritance money. So uh, he knew a lot of famous people, but, you know, the money starts to run out. That tends to kind of dry up. Uh, he goes to British Naval Intelligence to see if they want his services. Don't you think that if he was already there as a spy, they might That's want That's what I services? thought, too. That's why I thought that was maybe like, a sign that that was bullshit. Come on. Uh, but they decline. Um, he also claims to have come up with the slogan, V is for victory, that the BBC came up with. And he's also, Chris, decides a good idea would be to get back on heroin. Obviously. And... Uh, <laughs> Develop a that's terrible case of asthma that's got him hospitalized for long stretches of time. You know what you, the best cure for asthma is? Ask my dad. More heroin. More heroin? Okay. <laughs> More he, he publishes one final book on poetry. Uh, I can only wonder if it's uh, Leah Sublime or not, right, uh, right. not that brutal. <laughs> and a novel uh, is published upon his death. So he was writing all the way up to the end. So he dies December of 1947. So again, like we pointed out, this is a figure that a lot of newer people probably don't know much about other than maybe the name and maybe if they know about Ozzy and that famous song. But, you know, he dies in 47. So certainly before the modern age, I can only imagine if he were in that, you know, television era that that would have been probably a big you know, interview to get, you right. know, Alistair Crowley. You know, it's that definitely not cool. Victor Crowley either. No, no. <laughs> uh, so he's 72 years old, though, chronic bronchitis. Uh, it's amazing as tough as he was on his body that he really made it that long, as fucked up as he was, was all from fucking animals. Out. Yeah. You got to hunch over. Or getting <laughs> fucked by animals. I don't know. Yeah, right? That shit um, keeps you young. His, uh, <laughs> his remains were cremated and sent to the U.S. Apparently his successor... A guy by the name of Carl Gemmer, in, uh, German, he's a German occultist. He buried them in his backyard, apparently. Cool. 
Uh, his it's influence like was huge on a number of people that are into the occult, magic, that sort of stuff. Many bands, like even the Rolling Stones, the Beatles, Zed, uh, mentioned Led Zeppelin, and others, very influenced by him. Uh, maybe not the whole band, but certain people in the band. Well, and all of them were from fucking Europe, too. Very true. So that's, that's a good point. Yeah. They're all English bands. That's that's a great point, Joey. Um, I think that the dark mystique, you know, just seems to draw people to <clears> him. <throat> and I think a little more modern era would be the Anton LaVey thing. Yeah, that I was agree. very hip in Hollywood to go to a LaVey party. Right. You know, it was kind of cool. You know, you could say you were at Anton LaVey's Black Mass. Yeah. You know, that would be kind of cool. That would have been fucking sweet. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if he sold T-shirts or anything there. He should have. Beer koozies. (laughs) Fucking right, bro. Joey, uh, CK's going to talk about the bands that were influenced by Aleister Crowley, but did you want to talk about other influences, maybe with movies or anything, books, or anything other than bands? No, not at all. Uh, Actually, I wouldn't even think it. that is true that there were a lot of movies and books and shit. I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just thinking about music. I do have some uh, some music that yeah, was influenced ahead. by him, but I'm not going to say it yet. I'm going to let CK do his thing oh, in the mellow segment, add in. and then afterwards, like yeah, whatever he doesn't idea. already mention. So you listeners, you better just fucking keep listening yeah, you for my keep answer listening. here. Right, right. <laughs> um, and Chris, I don't know. I mean, like here, you said, dude, you could have fucking had twenty fucking bumpers on. Like, easily, there's so much. I couldn't believe there were as many as yeah. there was. Honestly, um, Chris, I mean, I know we've been laughing about Crowley, but I mean, you see any credence to this whole British intelligence thing, or you think no, it was bullshit? After, like after that, especially when the Navy turned him yeah, down. Like, dude, oh wait, you used to be a fucking spy. You're fucking right coming back. Yeah, for MI6 or MI5, is it? Which of the two? Anyway, yeah, British intelligence. That's pretty serious stuff. So if he really was, you would think the Navy would have scooped him up. You know? Yeah, instantly. But who knows? Uh, anything to add to this crazy one, guys, on Aleister Crowley? I'm good on Crowley. Uh, two things I was going to say is that yeah. one that I thought was cool is that Stevie Nicks, like, one of her favorite books was supposedly The Confessions of a Drug Fiend by Aleister Crowley. Right. So, like, I'm sure that if that's true, that a lot of her fucking lyrics and stuff probably came from that influence and stuff. So Yeah, Stevie I never Nicks. heard of that before. That's and then uh, something else that was uh, pretty cool, but um, Aleister Crowley, he, in 1913, he wrote Magic C.K., <laughs> right with the CK book yeah. four and back then in 1913 he was advocating for adding uh back masked back masked messages to records so subliminal messages in his music or you know his fucking poetry or whatever he was doing on record then but yeah fucking he was like one of wow. the first ones to come up with doing Backwards subliminal messages, messages interesting yeah interesting that's I fucking crazy that yeah. is fucking crazy very, very cool. Well, I did my research with a few good documentaries on him I watched on YouTube. I also listened to the last podcast on the left, and they did a good one on him. Of course, Henry's like all about the book of the law, and he gets really deep in that. So if you're interested in that part of it, I would strongly suggest going to listen to their episode on it. Also, another good podcast I liked was Profiles in Eccent- Eccentricity. 
uh, was very good. They were actually really funny, but they did a good job at uh, telling the you know facts and it, telling the story, but mixing in fun. So if you've never heard those guys before, go check them out. I actually thought that was a really good podcast. Um, I have a hard time taking a lot of the stuff he did seriously. It seems like some of it's so over the top, but who knows? And he was definitely very interesting and obviously doing what the fuck he wanted. He was rich. He had all this money, and he obviously lived a very full life. He died at 72 and was going pretty hardcore. Sounds like he had a fucking fun life, but I mean, still. Yeah, definitely out there. Um, so, yeah, go check that out. Uh, now, next week, we've got our episode, Chris, we're going to do on a little upcoming, like a preview of the Dark History and Horror Convention. Yep. That's coming up Saturday, October 23rd, 2021. That's in Champaign. The Champaign, uh, Illinois. It's the uh, uh, iHeart, I think. But uh, we'll have the link in the episode description uh, for the page on the Dark History and Horror Convention. But it's in Champaign. It's at the iHotel. That's what it is in Champaign. Saturday, October 23rd from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m., I will be there. Um, I'm going to be flying solo because, Chris, you got a wedding, and Joey, unfortunately, you got to work. Fuck yeah. So my son, Joe, is going to go with me. So we're going to go and hang out and go see Jeff Gaither and John Borowski and a lot of people that are, I think, Steve Giannangelo is going to be there. So there'll be a lot of cool people that we know, and I'm sure a lot of people we don't know. I'm hoping Donnie Weimer's there. Hoping that he's there. He always has. That I think good he shit. will be. Yeah, Donnie's fucking awesome. Um, he's traveling all over the country doing uh, uh, conventions. Conventions. Yeah. yeah, he's all over it. So he's a, he's a good dude. There'll be a lot of good ones there. And so we're gonna have the man behind it all. Brian Ward is gonna be coming in here. We've had him in here before, and Brian's gonna talk about the Dark History Convention. Hell yeah. So. We're going to do that in the murder segment next week, but we'll do a regular show around it, but we'll just have Brian in for that. So that should be good. Joey, you said you had a stack of page a day. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that we're, we're kind of running a little early, which is good. We are. Because, uh, man, a lot of times I'll go through these and it's like, okay, I'll pick like a couple, three stories that are really good. But right. for whatever reason, there was some that drew me to almost all. And, and it's been two weeks, too, because we did the bonus episode last week. So anyway, I'm going to get right into it. Page a day. Fucking been doing this shit almost a year. It's crazy. Man, that's page fucked a day, up, dude. Uh, but yeah, so they had some really good stories this week. So I'm going to fucking talk about them. Now, first one I'm going to talk about is the Whitworth Gallery Almost Heist. Okay. Almost heist. Almost heist. This one was an interesting. Feathers. One. So on now it, it's not feathers, but it's kind of like you know. Anyway, on April twenty fifth, two thousand three, so three works of art, one by Van Gogh, one by Picasso, one by Gauguin, worth about eight million dollars, disappeared from the Whitworth Art Gallery in Manchester, England. And within a day, police investigating the heist receive an anonymous tip to check a disused public bathroom near the gallery. So they go there, they find all three paintings inside a cardboard tube. And into, and on the tube, they fucking wrote what their motive was for the crime. 
And it wasn't for fucking fame, fortune, nothing like that. They simply wanted to highlight the poor security at the museum. And the fucking paintings were returned safely a few blocks away. There were no thieves ever caught. Oh, but wow. it, fuck out of here. But it's like, hey, your security fucking crazy, sucks. Do right? something about it. And they fucking stole them just to prove that shit. Crazy wow. Fuck. Wow. That's, that's fucking up. great, dude. <laughs> that's it's a like, good one. No, I, re- I care about these paintings for yeah, real. Yeah. Like, fix your fucking shit. Yeah. Right? All right, so another one they're talking about. Okay, so everybody knows what DNA is and fucking how big of a science that was and everything else. Well, sometimes science fucking gets disproven and shit, and this is what they're talking about, hair analysis and how it was debunked. Um, so hair analysis is, you know, the science of comparing hair, hair samples under a microscope to determine if they match someone. Right. It was popularized by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's Sherlock Holmes series. Back in the day. So it kind of reminds me of, uh, what the fuck's his name? Um, fucking Scientology. Fucking oh, e. Hubbard. L. Ron, L. Ron Hubbard. Hubbard. It reminds me of him. He wrote this fucking book. And Crowley was a big L. Ron Hubbard guy, too, right. which is interesting. So anyway, so yeah. this is what the hair analysis basically was, is they took it as science, but it was fucking Sherlock Holmes. Fucking, it was from the books. But anyway, uh, so... Doubts about its accuracy began to surface in the 70s. And in 84, you know, they finally said, look, we can't just match fucking hair samples and, and, you know, whatever. So they start to review cases where the hair analysis had been used. And a study of cases between 96 and 2000 found that 11% of hair analysis cases were contradicted by DNA. So that's a pretty big fucking chunk of it. So now all these defense attorneys are fucking pissed and they're fucking bringing shit up. You know what I'm saying? Like, Hey, flashing it on TV. Hey, if you were accused of hair now, you know what I'm saying? Call me. Right. Exactly. So, uh, Basically, it was called the faulty science, you know, used to convict fucking their clients. Uh, And after they did further studies, the FBI, they said 21,000 cases were reviewed in uh, July 2013. And they had found 32 death penalty cases where the FBI had overstated the reliability of the hair analysis. And 14 of those had been executed or had died in prison. Wow. Fucking, I mean, that's a pretty big fucking chunk. That's fucked up. And a separate study by the Department of Justice reviewed 268 trials and found that experts had exaggerated the accuracy of the hair analysis in 95% of the total cases. Wow. So, yeah. I had heard that the hair thing was really, really... Uh, very unreliable. And now it's, like I said, it's debunked now. It's not fucking valid. But right. that was something that people took as science. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, we're fucking high yeah, tech we got now. you. Yeah. Right. So, anyway. I remember them watching that shit, like, back in the day when they're putting, you see the hair. Oh, right? yeah. Like they the line them up. They're doing it like, like the fucking, the like they do bullets and shit. For, yeah. Right. Yeah, ballistics. Like, yeah. kind of. Yeah, very much. All right. This is another one that's pretty fucking, uh, this is a pretty recent one. So this bitch named Marilyn Hartman, she's this old lady. She's a grandmotherly figure. <laughs> fucking, yeah. She's stowed away on at least 20 commercial airlines. She's a serial stower. Stowaway. <laughs> so her arrest record for stowing goes back to 2009. Damn. But she made international headlines in 2018 after a flight from Chicago O'Hare to London and fucking to Heathrow in London. Wow. Uh, the 66-year-old failed to board a flight in Connecticut the day before, but she manages to slip past security and ticket agents and make it to London before she's turned away at customs because she doesn't have a passport. Wow. So she's arrested and charged with felony theft for traveling on a flight that was about a $2,500 ticket. 
that she basically stole. Right, right. So she's released on her own recog- recognizance, but she's banned from O'Hare and ordered to undergo a psychiatric eval. Two weeks later, police were called because she caused a disturbance trying to board a flight at O'Hare, headed to New York. Oh, my God. She, she had a ticket this time, but was arrested again for criminal trespassing and violating a bail bond. So, yeah, Marilyn Hartman, the serial wow. stowaway. That's fucking That's good. a good one. Might have to do that one. I know, right? All right, so uh, November... Uh, November 17th of 94, a 23-year-old girl, Lisa, Lisa Stellwage, and she goes and sees interview with a vampire with a boyfriend, Danielle Sterling, who was 25. When she woke up the next morning, she found her boyfriend staring at her. When she asked what was wrong, he goes, I'm going to kill you and drink your blood. Later that night, he attempted to do that. He stabbed her nine times and drank her blood for several minutes. She was able to get away, and she survived the attack. Oh, my Uh, God. uh, He was found guilty of attempted first murder, aggravated mayhem, mayhem, battery, assault, domestic violence. And then he's fucking, they tried to say he was mentally ill and highly suggestible, but they said, nope. And he was sentenced to life in prison. All because he watched Interview with a Vampire. Damn. Right. So now, God damn. that kind of segued into this one, and they were talking about fucking uh, crimes that occurred after people had been influenced by movies. And so they were talking about uh, uh, Thierry Gerardin, who was influenced by the movie Scream, and he wore a Scream mask when he killed his neighbor for rejecting his advances. So, I think I remember oh, hearing wow. about yeah, that, actually, yeah. dude. Uh, they're talking about uh, Robert Thompson and Jen Vener- Venables. Which those were two kids, I, there were two ten year olds who stabbed and killed two year old James Bulger, and supposedly they had watched Child's Play three before they did that. Uh, Daniel Sterling, that's exactly who we were just talking about. Interview with the vampire who tried to stab his girlfriend Lisa Stelwig, and, right? Um, and then Nathaniel White. Nathaniel White, he killed six women in the early 90s, and he claimed his first murder was inspired by the movie RoboCop 2. So <laughs> RoboCop 2 fucking getting people hyped up. And then the last one they brought up, which is one that we keep bringing up lately, and that's John Hinckley Jr. John and, of course, whenever he tried to assassinate Reagan for Jodie Foster, his influence was Taxi Driver. Right? Yeah, yeah and as I mentioned in our pre-show meeting, uh, the Hinckley thing, I was in yeah. high school. Uh, quite a few years ago and uh, the talent show and some friends of mine that were into like punk had a band I think it was a three piece and they wore white t-shirts they were called the Hinkley's and it said the Hinkley's like written in a sharpie across the Uh, chest and then on I think it was the left side there was like a big red blood stain that where Reagan would have got shot that's fucking so fucking and they were called the Hinkley's and it was like hardcore punk and they were in this uh uh, talent show, yeah, it was shit. fucking yeah. like wow, because it had just happened, <laughs> yeah. so it was like, yeah, damn, that's pretty fucked up. And you know, back then, that was not so much a thing you'd see kids do. Right. So it was pretty crazy, dude. But, uh, the one you were reading, though, the Bulger kid, yeah, was that the kid the two kids took from the mall? And yeah, shit? yeah, yeah. Dude, oh yeah, yeah that's that, a terrible. Yeah, that one, shit's man. fucked. No, that's man. a fucked up case. Yeah, that would definitely be one we need to do. All right, uh, I got a few more. Okay. Still going page a day. Page a day. So Jigsaw John. Sounds like Jig- fun. Yeah. Saw. 
John. And that oh, is boy. John P. St. John, and he got his name Jigsaw John early in his 51-year tenure as an LAPD homicide detective after solving a case in which the victim had been dismembered. Now, his nickname stuck because he had a knack for piecing clues together, and he fucking solved, like, really hard cases, I guess. Right. Uh, but he solved more than two-thirds of the thousand cases he worked on, which that's fucking really good. That's for a wow. huge number, yeah. Especially in a place like fucking L.A., you know? Right. But uh, his case history reads like a who's who of the golden age of serial killers, though, because he worked on the Black Dahlia murder, Harvey Glattman, who's the Lonely Hearts killer. Oh, yeah. He worked on the Ramirez oh, Night Stalker case. He worked on the Hillside Stranglers case, and he worked on the Grim Sleeper. Oh, wow. And one of his other legendary cases was William Bond and the Freeway Killer. God damn, And dude. following a tip, uh, Jigsaw John, him and his team tracked him down and caught him in his van about to kill a victim. Wow. And save that one. Uh, Damn. So his legendary career was turned into a book in the 1976 TV series Jigsaw John. Um, he retired from the LAPD in 93 and he died in 95. But, wow. Jigsaw man, John. Man, that, the, that's a boss. Though, I know. Right I'm, there, like, I'm going to try to get his book, I think. Cause I'm going to look for it sure. right now. Yeah. That's right. fucking crazy, dude. So I got two more, and both of these were a little more fucking lighthearted, so I thought that was good to fucking take it out. And one right. of them is the one that I had actually talked about before. But uh, So the first one is we're going down to Wichita Falls, Texas, fucking outside of Dallas, like north side fucking part of Texas. And in 2019, police respond to a report of a suspicious person in the parking lot of a Walmart in the small city. And the woman had been drinking wine from a Pringles can and riding an electric oh, <laughs> and, ri- and riding an electric cart around the parking lot for three hours. By the time the cops showed up, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> they found her at a nearby restaurant, told her not to go back to the store. And then July of the same year, police banned another woman from a different Wichita Falls Walmart <laughs> after an argument with employees over a half-eaten cake. According to the employees, the woman had eaten half the cake to herself and refused to pay for it, insisting she. Found Found it that way. <laughs> so wow. neither women were arrested. Their names not released. But Wichita Falls, Walmart's man, <laughs> hell yeah, Damn. drinking wine out of a Pringles <laughs> can. <laughs> That's fucked up. All right, so this is the last one. Thanks again, uh, Page Day. Like I said, oh it was a long God, one, dude. but it was a good day for it. Uh, this is the last one, but I brought this up on a different Page Day. I know I did because I remember this story. But I think they were talking about shit that happens in Florida because Florida is so fucked up. Right. So Josh James, he likes good pranks. And on October 11, 2016, he thought he'd pull a prank whenever he threw a three-and-a-half-foot American alligator through the drive-thru window out of Florida oh, Wendy's. I remember seeing that video. <laughs> oh, man. He was, he was arrested and charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, unlawful sale possession, or transporting of an alligator and petty theft. <laughs> at his, I remember at seeing his arraignment, a judge ordered him to stay away from all Wendy's restaurants, avoid possessing any weapons, and get a mental health eval. He also said <laughs> that he must limit his interaction with animals to only his mother's dog <laughs> the, the alligators captured it and they fucking taped its mouth you know temporarily and then they right, released right. it in a nearby canal but yeah I remember that motherfucker Dude, threw the fucking it. gator through the drive right. <laughs> alright so that was out with that lady with the Pringles can I think. yeah, yeah oh, the fuck fucking yeah. drink of wine out the Pringles can though that's yeah, great that's classic <laughs> wow page a day hell yeah Unbelievable. I was looking at that Jigsaw John book. Yeah. Uh, pretty steep. Yeah. It's very yeah, rare. It's yeah. like 70 bucks I saw on uh, 
Yeah, see if the it's one on Amazon. Uh, Amazon didn't sell it directly; it was through a third party. Yeah. But then I went on eBay and didn't even find it. So it's old. Yeah, see if it's on Audible or something. Yeah, so that's that's a good one. Yeah, that's that. a good point. So it's out there though. Al Martinez is the author. Hell yeah, Jigsaw John. So definitely interesting. The I'd love to read that. that book. I mean, that that's fucking really cool. kind of crazy to me that I've never even that's heard amazing. of that guy. Yeah, with that the guy, cases he worked that's on. A lot yeah, of that's fucking, a lot of fucking big known fu- yeah. fucking killers. From dude. Black Dahlia up to the Grim Sleeper. That's yeah. a pretty long span of time, yeah, too. Yeah, it is. Holy shit. Which that book, you know, and they said the movie or whatever the series based yeah. off of, that was back in 76. So he did a bunch of shit even after that, too. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, all right. Well, I think we've done our fair share of craziness tonight in our murder segment. So I hear that familiar music, CK, getting ready to throw the fuck down. So, Joey, what the hell do we need to do? Lang a lang, dang a dang a long, ling long. Let's get our murder on. No, let's get our metal on. <laughs> Known the world over as the master of metal, the crusher of posers, and murder metal mayhem's knower of all things metal. Hailing from Wild Man Street in Danbury, Connecticut, standing at six feet of brutal, punishing madness, weighing in at 220 pounds of poser pulverization, the one, the only, toughest bastard on the planet, Chris C.K. Kovac! Up there he is, off Fuck that yeah, 920 CK. What's up, dude? What's going on, people? Throwing down in metal, and that's why we got you here, CK. Good to have you on with us. And we've been oh, talking about Aleister Crowley here, getting all crazy. Joey read some nice loves poem. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so we've got you on to continue the discussion about Aleister Crowley, doing something a little different this week. Yeah, we're going to talk about bands who were influenced by Crowley, and not necessarily um, all metal bands. Oh, no, there was plenty of them. Yeah, for sure. Oh, there's plenty, but I'm going to, I'm just going to hit a couple of bands that are non-metal that people may not know that they have, may have a little influence on them. Sixpence, none the richer. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a fucking uh i had a list of fucking bands about crowley because pete asked me that question earlier but i told him i was gonna wait to get my answer because i'm gonna let you talk and then any that i have that you didn't say then i'll yeah, say yeah joey's got Where a list they, they, i didn't see them i didn't see them anywhere i look right so what do you got for us ck okay well i was gonna go with the one who i think everybody knows is first but i'll wait <laughs> we, we may have played the song already in this episode <laughs> very much so oh yeah depending on who you're talking about right, right. but yeah the obvious so, one so i'm gonna start with um something not as obvious okay um the beatles hell yeah um believe it or not on their sergeant peppers album one of the images on that album is Alistair Crowley. Hell yeah. Right. And um, I don't know how they didn't veto, nobody vetoed that at the record company because they did Adolf Hitler. They had Adolf Hitler on it too. They took him out. And, 
Yeah, and they um, you got you got you got thrown out. But um, John Lennon suggested that um he go on the album cover, and so he did. And at that time, I don't think anybody even know who the fuck he was. Yeah, he died in '47, so he had been dead, you know, yeah. what twenty years. But I don't think it was that big of a deal. Right. I'm totally truth. Plus, the but, bands we were talking about earlier are all British bands too, which makes sense with Crowley yeah. being from yeah, England. So. Man, I, um, now I'm thinking about it because Macabre did the fucking Sinister Slaughter cover. That was like a parody of the Sgt. Peppers. <clears throat> now I need to go look at that to see, we'll if, see Crowley's if Crowley's just Crowley. there. That would be hilarious if he was in the same spot. That would be funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, probably would be. Yeah. Um, actually, we were not Iron Maiden. Hell, yeah. Another uh, British band or English band. Yeah. Right. Revelations gives a shout out to Crowley from um, the Number of the Beast album. And Moonchild is about Crowley. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And Moonchild as well. And not only that, but Bruce Dickinson's Chemical Wedding was based on um, Crowley stuff. The She's what? What did you say, Chris? I think Chris uh, just asked what you had said. Bruce Dickinson's solo album. Uh, yeah, Chemical Wedding. Right. Oh, right on. Okay. It was, was loosely based on, on stuff from Crowley. Um, and he also mentioned him in his um, autobiography, What Does This Button Do? Um, there was another band I had no clue who... Um, was influenced by Crowley. Um, probably another one that people didn't know was Red Hot Chili Peppers. Hell yeah. Wow. Blood okay. Sugar Sex Magic, yeah. yeah. Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Um, John, John Fugiante had a interest in Crowley and, um, no, a little bit more, a little bit more than the other band. But he was, um, he was a really, a really big reader on Crowley, and um, on, on his solo album, he had a couple songs that pertained to Crowley, and um, you know, obviously the um, title for the Blood Sugar Sex Magic, Sex Magic, you no, know, a shout out to Crowley as well, for sure, right? You know. Then now you're getting toward towards the big guns. Um, not the Iron Maiden is is a big, just huge, but right. <laughs> obviously Ozzy. Hell right. Yeah. You know, the first album song was to Crowley. Um, I think that was the first time I was ever. Yeah, I'd never heard of him before that. Used to him um, until I heard that song. Right. And um, but I don't think his 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 knowledge and his belief in him was that deep. I think it was just a his lore. Yeah. 
Um, so I, I don't think it was anything, you know, major. It's just uh, something he was interested in and wanted to write a song about it. And um, He was very charismatic. He had a way, like Joey was saying in the murder yeah. segment, about to keep like a following, you know. Yeah. And he was really again, good at that. Once again, Ozzy, fucking European, like right, uh, British, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, for um, we got Chili Peppers. They're all British. Yeah, yeah. We talked about Jimmy Page buying the house in Loch Ness, which I know you and see, and I, you and I, CK, we're talking about John Bonham, but you know, we mentioned that uh, he died in Jimmy Page's house, but not that house. It was a different house, but yeah, but um. Right, which segues to obviously Led Zeppelin, right? Or more Page and Zeppelin. He, right. Um, right. Page was heavily into um, crowding in the seventies to where, you know, he bought his he bought his mansion. Um, huge interest in the occult. Um, opened up a bookstore. Um. And then, no, stacking with many books about Crowley. Right. So he was like, you know, hardcore. Hell yeah. Well, I don't, I don't think he is now as much as back then. But um, if you look, if you ever get a chance to see Let's Up in Three, where the album runs out at the end, you'll see a message that says. Do what thou wilt, which is obviously a Crowley Crow- Obviously, right. yeah. Right. Yeah. From the book so, um, of the law. Yeah, so he he was like and after he bought the house, there was a lot of tragedies that happened after right. Yeah, a lot of stuff there. Oh, yeah. yeah, we um, talked about that. Plant was in a bad car accident with his family. Um, which will segue into my lost classic in a minute. Um Obviously, you know, Bottom didn't die in the house. He still passed away. Right. Just a lot of stuff, fucked up stuff happening. Yeah, even outside of them, too. Like, people that owned the house, like, there were suicides there. There was all sorts of bad shit there. And it burned down, too. Right. And, um, like I said, that was, Paige is probably the biggest one out of anybody who, um, he bought his fucking house. <laughs> right, yeah, millions of dollars. Like, I don't man, know how much yeah, he spent. Yeah, you fucking but... love Crowley. Right. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. But, you know, he's making that kind of money. Oh, yeah. Like, fuck, oh, it was yeah. probably like buying yeah, a lottery he... ticket, you know. Afford it. Like, like buying a Pringles can full of wine, right, yeah. Chris? And the page a day, CK, you'll have to hear that one. Some crazy bitch drinking wine out of a Pringles can. So. Oh, God. Oh, it's special. But um, I don't think he's as big as he is into it now than you know, these days. Right. Yeah, I haven't heard of any of anything modern for sure. I think he just um, it was a phase with him, and you know, maybe a little bit of an interest, but not much. And um, you no, know, that that's pretty much what I got. That's far- cool. I mean, I mean, there's a hell of a lot more. Oh, there's a ton of I'm, it, dude. I'm going to mention some Joey, of Joey, what's some that you had? Uh, 
just a handful more because you know between what we talked about and fucking ck we've talked on a lot of them but i'm a big ministry fan and on the land yep. of rape and honey they did the song golden dawn which yep. that yep. was that was about fucking alistair right um one that i can't believe well one that's going to be the bumper music coming into this next segment is behemoth so i'll let i'll let that play but behemoth the you know uh oh father i'll say no so yeah um about that too and one of the one this is one that i can't believe ck you didn't say i was i just thought you would say this for sure x order the law like that song ah, yeah that, that was one i almost played yeah hell yeah. yeah but that was definitely like the law is fucking yeah. crazy right. shit um David Bowie did quicksand, which he fucking, he fucking straight up talked about Crowley, you know, like, yeah, that wasn't even like subtle at all. Like he was straight straight up. This is what I'm talking about. Uh, the, the fucking brutal ass band, Sam they did the song crown about him. Uh, merciful fate did desecration of souls. Yeah. And that's one I'm playing. And, and, you know, fucking King diamond said that he never paid any attention to any kind of, studies about crowley like he wasn't into him but he still used you know the thelema is that or the yeah right so he obviously had a little bit in it but but he always openly said he wasn't a big like follower of crowley i guess right uh two more that i had uh one for p and then i got one for fucking michael shawback who's not here but Vital Remains, they did Immortal Crusade, and that band's fucking badass. Very. And then for Michael Shawback and the last one I had, Marilyn Manson did Misery Machine on right. the first album, which was all about Crowley, too. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I read about all those, too. And the funny thing is that um, the album that Quicksand is from is probably my favorite Bowie album. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> That's Hunky cool. Dory. Yep, Hunky Dory. All right. Well, CK, you got a good Lost Classic for us. I always like this album. I love love this album. Yeah. This is my favorite Zeppelin album. Um, A lot of people don't really give it any attention. But um, fucking um, Blood Zeppelin Presence. Yeah. Recorded in 18 days after... um, after um Jim not Jim Page, um Robert Plant had his accident, sitting from a wheelchair with his leg up in the air, um and it just slams with with um Achilles last stand. Yeah, I love Achilles last stand. That's amazing. Just, oh my god. The best opening song in any in any album I ever heard. Yeah, and it's just nine minutes of just kicking ass. For sure, dude. It's and like um, you said. It's one people typically would name, but I always thought it was fucking solid oh, as fuck. Hell yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And, um, All right. Now one bad song on it. Fuck yeah, man. Well, I'll tell you what, talking about no bad songs, we get some good ones to talk about tonight. Going to play some 6-6 six, six, fucking it's six. all about Europe tonight. You know it. You're... All right, some onslaught, 6-6 six, six, fucking six. Going to talk about what kind of shit we've been listening to lately. Joey, why don't you start us off tonight? What have you been listening to over there? Fucking 
listen, my teeth decay over these Pop-Tarts we keep eating. <laughs> <laughs> I got Pop-Tart in my tooth. Like, wow. oh. Yeah, thanks to Stephanie yeah, Toledo, yeah. 419. Thank you. I don't know why we just eat Pop-Tarts now, but that's something yeah, we, we just started It just started, started doing it. It just happened. It, so it just feels right. Send us Pop-Tarts. Yeah, P.O. Box 554, Hayworth, <laughs> yeah. Illinois, 61745. Or join send the fucking 666 Club, and we'll fucking put your proceeds towards Pop-Tarts. That's right. That's right. That's uh, right. But anyway, I, I listening to, I don't know. I was listening to a fucking um, a couple live albums. I was listening to Aerosmith live bootleg. Which that's a fucking awesome like live uh, album. What's that, CK? It's an awesome album. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I was listening to that, and I was also listening to the Anthrax "I'm the Man," which has some fucking live fucking recordings on there. Mm-hmm. Some of the songs, which include uh, the Sabbath "Bloody Sabbath," too, which I fucking oh, love. Oh fuck that yeah, cover. that's a good one. Loved- um, then something else, uh, uh, I fucking haven't jammed it yet. Fucking, I've heard some of the digital, but I do have the CD in my hand. Thanks yeah. to Michael. But, um, our buddy Alex from Crotch Ripper, he fucking has his, his, uh, label troll tracks and they dropped this cranial decay fucking album. So if anybody's fucking wanting to hear some new shit from out of the Midwest, nice. grab that cranial decay. Oh yeah. Very cool. Chris, what about you, dude? Uh, I don't know, whatever's playing on the weekends. And lately during the week, I've been listening to fucking audiobooks. Like, okay. Like, as far as music, it's just like whatever's there and whatever happens to be on, yeah. you're listening to it. That's all and right. I've just been stuck on a couple audiobooks just because it's a three part series and I'm on the third book and I'm like, I got to finish this shit. That's cool. That's cool. Very cool. What's it called? Uh, the, it's the Passage series. The first book's The Passage and then. Second book's uh, The Twelve, and the third book is uh, City of Mirrors. But Very I've listened cool. to it before, but once I get stuck on it, I'm like, fuck. You want to listen to it. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. CK, what about you over there on Wildman Street in Danbury? Um, what are you listening to? The new KK's Priest. Yep. Uh, loving that. Um, uh, Carcass. Yeah, it's so amazing. Um. You know, probably every time I listen to music, I, I play that first. Yeah. Um, still New Maiden. And uh, I popped on um, Zeppelin um, Presence the other day. Oh, yeah. Nice. That's cool. Yeah, I've been listening to that uh, carcass as well. It hasn't left my CD player, but I had uh, something I needed to do today, and I didn't have the CD in there, and I wound up listening to some Angelus Apatrida. Just fucking, man, those guys are so good. Uh, Last several albums just rip. Um, So go give them a listen if you're not familiar with them. Just great band from Spain. We've had them on the show, and really cool guys. So they sing in English, though, but... uh, the uh the band name can sometimes mislead right but really cool all right the uh 666 club is uh patreon supporters so thanks to all of you that are part of that and that's how we buy some pop tarts joey right pay Tell some me. bills if any of y'all join the 666 club that's i will right. go buy the pop tarts three bucks in your name three bucks we a will month. fucking talk about yeah you it. could like sponsor that box Fuck yeah, like, we'll talk like, about this it is your box. this that's right. box brought, brought to you, to you by, by yeah. brad you know or <laughs> right. tommy or whatever yeah 
So that's a great suggestion. You can, so even, follow. Tell us, you had, can even tell what flavors to get, too. That's right. We had yeah. Chrissy Graham win a fucking contest earlier. Right. So now, like, this is a different kind of yeah. contest. Like, yeah. Join our Patreon. You get the fucking benefits. Right. You get the fucking 10% off the merch. You get, Shout out. Give us a plug for you. Yeah. That's right. That's well, right. You got a band or something going yeah, on. Or like, a, or a business, whatever. Yeah. yeah, fucking exactly. get it. Uh, so also we'll have an episode description, how to buy one of our shirts. I'll have them at the dark history convention. But for those of you that aren't in central Illinois, you can get them uh, with the link and you can buy a shirt directly from us. Not with the link card. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Well, we got those Jeff Gaither shirts, guys, the zombie shirt, uh, perfect for this time of year. And you can get one and uh, send you a couple stickers, too. The stickers are fucking amazing. Get one for your grandma. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Your grandma. Um, So anyway, uh, we've done plenty of metal tonight. So, CK, what the fuck do we need to do? We got to get our man on. CK's smoking it up over there in Danbury. Shit. We have to get our mayhem on. Hell yeah, we do. Looking for a new hobby? Well, look no more. A Feather a Month Club is just what you need in your life. We'll send you a handful of rare bird feathers every month, and you can make intricate fly fishing lures with them. I joined the Feather a Month Club, and I got tickets to a heavy metal flute concert. It was bitching. That's right. You can make fishing lures while you jam to heavy metal songs done on a flute. How cool is that? Call us today at 800-FEATHER-THIEF and start a subscription for only $6.66 a month to bring the world's rarest feathers in your life. Thanks, Feather and Month Club. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Feather of the Month Club. Joey, that's where I was thinking of the English accent. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what must have prompted it because right. I pulled this one out. Wow, that was earlier this year. Feather of the Month Club. Oh, my God. You know, the Feather Thief is picking up steam to enter the top 10 most listened to. For real? Yeah, the Feather Thief, man. (laughs) How crazy is that? Something funny like that. That was great. All right. And before that, of course, Behemoth, fucking nasty. Oh, Father, oh, Satan, oh, Son. Uh, Fucking behemoth, Another band that's, you know, all about Crowley and black magic, the occult, stuff like that. So, like we said, there's so many of them we could have played. Fuck, yeah. But, uh, all right, well, we are in mayhem now. We still got CK here with us, and he's over there on Wild Man Street. Oh, yeah. And CK, always good to have you here. And we've got three mayhem stories oh, yeah. for you tonight and joey you said you were gonna go first yeah. so why don't you start <clears throat> mine's uh mine's just kind of like an update ish so some of our listeners are gonna definitely gonna know who i'm talking about other ones this will you might not know everything so go back and listen to the past episodes i don't even know when but so i changed jobs like recently oh, no so right. like oh, no. i i didn't 
I work for the same company, but I change stores basically. Right. But it's a different entity, but it's still same corporate. So I still work for the same corporation, whatnot. Anyhow, I fucking made the move. It was like fucking kind of like abrupt and kind of fucking fucked my life up for a second, but it's all right now. But uh, I think it was a good move. But anyway, I'm sitting there and I'm working and I think it's like my second day that I'm there. And one of the, one of the other coordinators comes up to me and she's like, so do you know so-and-so and this name? And I was like, who are you talking about? And neck like, tattoo. Neck tattoo. Oh, Fuck yeah. Fucking nice. neck tattoo. <laughs> if y'all don't know the neck tattoo story, you got to go back and listen. Yeah, Basically, this is a one. customer with my company who has been harassing me and numerous other people. But since I switched to this other store, I, I had a feeling that I was going to see her or whatnot. But I was walking into fucking work the other day and fucking like one of the first days I was there and I saw her and her kid coming up behind me and the doors weren't open yet. You know what I'm saying? So I had to buzz myself in. So I'm like, let me in, let me in. I don't want to get stuck. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so whatnot. But yeah, then the fucking coordinator comes up to me and they're like, do you know so-and-so? And I was like. Oh, neck tattoo? They're like she, they're like, yeah. She said that uh you collect the Ray Dunn stuff, which is the problematic, you know, what I'm saying pieces, that you buy it and you're the one collecting it. And I was like, Holy shit, I went through that same Are shit you, oh my at, God. at the other store. You know what I'm saying? Like I literally just went through this and it's just fucking horseshit. I was like, I've never bought a piece of that shit in my life. And fucking, I couldn't believe, like, it took her that long to fucking try to fuck with me at my job. Like, two days. So then, so I bring it up, and, like, the fucking manager of the store and everything else is like, oh, don't worry, she's trying to pull that on me, too. So, like, they definitely know what's going on over there with her, you know what I'm saying? hell yeah. It's all the same fucking shit, so it's like, okay, well, at least you already know. But, um, so then, he was like, oh, yeah. The, the fucking store manager's like, yeah, she tried to get me in trouble one time saying I didn't say hi to her or something and call corporate, you know what I'm saying? Because she's got <laughs> wow. that corporate on speed dial. Oh, oh yeah, my And God. fucking neck tattoo, you know? And fucking, uh, so I was like, fuck. So the next time I see her, okay, no, no, no. So I, the next time I see her, I don't fucking say nothing to her, but she's like a little bit away from me. She comes walking up like out of her fucking way to come see me with this fucking glass pumpkin thing that fucking doesn't have a tag on it. And she was like, oh, this doesn't have a tag. I just wanted you to know that. And fucking hands it to me. Like, you didn't have to come fucking walk over to me and hand that to me. Plus, it wasn't a piece of Ray Dunn. Why are you even looking at it anyway? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not what you want anyway. You're just over here. And then fucking one of the other workers is like, oh, she probably fucking took the tag off herself, you know? but so At least they know, dude. Right, but so she did that. So then I was thinking, I was like, but if I ignore her totally, she's going to use that against me. So then the fucking, like yesterday or something, she was in there and fucking I seen her and I fucking made it a point to fucking say hi. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I mean, two seconds later, she comes over like, oh, so why'd you leave the other store? And she starts fucking talking to me like we're fucking homies and shit. Oh, and boy. I'm just like, this is the last thing I fucking want. Right. right. I don't so, want neck So anyway, so anybody shit, that's bro. been listening to the podcast and knows the <laughs> neck, neck tattoo, <laughs> she's back in my fucking shit again oh, right now. Oh, my God. So, oh. Wow. Damn. <laughs> that's fucked up. <laughs> well, CK, you said you had a little mayhem story for us. Yeah, couple years ago I was on at work and um 
one of my associates walks into the office and talking about something, and he's getting ready to leave the office. And I look, and I go, dude, do you have a perspiration problem? <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> so, not really. I go, your back is, looks like it's, like, wet. <laughs> <laughs> like Randy from the Trailer Park Boys with his no, belly all know, wet. All greasy and shit. So I'm like, um, oh, man. Here's another shirt. Going back to wash up and, um, <laughs> you know, I, well, at first I go, just lift up your shirt for a minute. Go wash your back. <laughs> go wash well, your back and come back to work. I'm looking and it's like, Warship. looks like it's like blood. The fuck? Oh my God. Like cunt blood? Wow. No. Like Alistair Crowley blood? <laughs> and I'm looking, I'm like, did you scratch yourself on something? He goes, yeah, I had an itch and um, I had a zit in my back. So uh. I, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I go, dude, that's a little like fuck. Wow. <laughs> that's a pretty I'm big zit. Seriously. Jesus. You gotta go home. Yeah, that sounds gnarly. <laughs> and you gotta take a you got a shower. pus and blood filled shirt on at work. You're <laughs> you're wrong. So I go, um No You should actually go you should go get it checked out. Right? I go, that doesn't look right. <laughs> I go, if you have an infection or anything, I can't I can't have you working around food. <laughs> So he goes home, takes a shower, goes to the hospital, comes back with a note. He goes, yeah, I, I, I'm on to work for a couple of days. <laughs> oh, my I God, bro. It wasn't a zit. It was a big boil. Uh -huh. yeah. Oh, I just ripped it, it open. Talked. Yeah. Like Lenny, with, like Lenny with the cunt on his back, man. That's what it looked like after, after he got it cleaned out. It looked like a fucking vagina you know, like, on his back. It was hilarious. He goes, um, he goes, yeah, it's, it's affected. I said, yeah, okay. You think? I fucking don't want you here if it's affected. Exactly. So, yeah. um. Yeah, that, that, that was mine. Yeah, okay. it's fucking gross. Well, I have a, an interesting one. I... I thought I had told this before. If I have, it's probably been a very early episode and none of us remember it. So I'm just, it's a quick story. I don't know what prompted me to remember this, but I think I was in eighth grade. And I remember, I don't even know what class it was. We were just starting to like move from, you know, classroom to classroom, you know, within the last couple of years. So you're kind of getting used to that, you know. And, called clusters yeah and so i was in a class and there was a kid sitting in front of me and he was sucking on a fireball okay and oh, he no. coughed or sneezed i don't remember <laughs> what it was but all of a sudden the fireball was in his nostril <laughs> and, and, dude you have to Hanging out of his fucking nostril. Yeah, looking like screaming. Total Recall and shit. <laughs> screaming, oh my God. screaming that it burns, it burns. And we're just like, what the fuck? 
<laughs> so they, he was screaming, and the teacher's trying to help him. And I mean, what do you do? I mean, like, it was too big to keep going through the nostril. So it was like, had his nostril yeah, like, yeah, stretched like, out <laughs> like a head trying to, you know, leave the, you know, the womb. This shit would fucking suck. It dude. was fucking crazy. And everybody's laughing and shit at him. And they wound up taking him to the nurse's office. But she couldn't get it out. So they wound up having to take him to the hospital about it god dude a fireball too dude and those things were big back in the day yeah that's what i'm saying he was god damn like the diameter like the diameter of like a quarter yeah so it must have been a i'm guessing a sneeze maybe i don't know he was yeah i don't know how he did it like he didn't choke on it i know it's so fucked up but yeah poor bastard i don't even remember his name i wouldn't say it if i did but that still sucks. Yeah, so there's some good uh, little quick trilogy of mayhem there for you. Um, also, just as I mentioned, I had the carpal tunnel surgery on my right hand. Um, so far, so good. I'm out of the brace, and I've just got a one-pound weight restriction. Can't pick up anything. He said more than a cell phone. Guess you can't grab your dick now, can you? I guess not. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so it's been weird, and I'm right-handed, so that's been kind of that's a pain what? in the ass. But uh, I'm dealing with it, and so thanks. I've had a few people reach out and ask how I was doing, so I appreciate that. All right, I've also talked about the creation of Chaos Three, the collection of short stories I released here recently it's on uh, audible if you're into that itunes amazon if you like audiobooks or you could go down to the painted wraith curiosity shop in downtown oh, yeah. bloomington illinois and uh, i'm going to be doing a book signing there on the 30th of october uh that's a saturday and we're going to be there on the, ni- on the 19th, 19th recording yeah. our uh, our our Halloween episode, Chris, on witchcraft. That should be cool. In cool setting Wrath. for it. We have a lot of good pictures from that shit. Yeah, because they're not open to the public, so don't come down there thinking you're going to be like in the. You know, we can't. The doors will be locked, but we're going to be in there with the owners, uh, Mike and Stephanie, and they've been selling my book and uh, been friends for many many years uh so we definitely support what they're doing and and like i said i'll be there and the and we'll be there with the podcast so we got a lot going on at that place so we got a lot of good shit going on like i said yeah really morbid curious type stuff so if that's your thing go check them out painted wraith curiosity shop downtown bloomington illinois also, uh, Deeper Than Dead, the novel I'm working on is about 60% done. Uh, things are going really well. Pretty happy with the way the story's developing. It's kind of taking more shape now and starting to really uh, play itself out. They always say, uh, Stephen King at least, that the really good characters and stories tell themselves, and he's exactly right, because this one is in that mode. It's just oh, yeah. like I'm trying to keep up with it um, instead of the other way around. Good stuff so far. Thank you. Thanks, CK. All right. The killer cage match is a favorite of our listeners, Chris. Uh, We have 70 killers, 70 objects for them to fight with, and our listeners pick random numbers. And we want to say thanks. uh, Once again, we have Justin Morris, Rebecca Boomsack, and Sarah Miller fucking killing. Hell yeah. And Justin's been a listener of ours since the very, very beginning. He's been in here once or twice. So. 
always good to have him and Rebecca, as you mentioned, Chris, every goddamn time. Uh, she is always quick to the punch with these, uh, and we appreciate it. So, and Sarah, awesome. Uh, we got a good one tonight, Joey. An interesting duo fighting to death in a steel cage. Who tonight, we tonight we got this fucking fight. It's so fucking awesome. Killer cage match. Left hand side. Robert Bedella torturing young fellas. Kansas City Butcher fighting on the right hand side. English serial killer Ian Brady. Yes, the Moors murder. So. Moors. Uh, but he doesn't have his his Myrna Hindley, so uh, yeah, she's no not Myra. with him. I see her on the wall in the studio behind. She Christmas. is. Right yeah, there. her mugshot is there. Uh, so that's going to be an interesting fight, and they got two objects to fight with. All right, CK, what are the objects they're going to be fighting with tonight? A rusty bear trap. Gotta love that long- one. Yeah, it's a good one. And a long sock filled with quarters. Oh, I heard prisons it. I'm still gonna say I think a rusty bear traps of menstrually bloody covered vagina. Yeah, that's definitely. very possible. And, and, and the variable it, though is a little disturbing, CK. I, I don't know if I like this variable. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. Hillary Clinton. Naked and drunk after partying at the at the nation. Oh damn! Well, I, there's no oh, reason that she'd be at the nation. <laughs> the nation. Oh, Hell no! God. Hillary Clinton naked and drunk partying yeah. at the nation. That damn. just sounds like somebody I don't want to fucking be around. <laughs> nope. All right. So thanks to our listeners, we've got one hell of an interesting one. We got Robert Berdella, the Kansas City butcher. And the English serial killer Ian Brady in a cage fighting to the death with a rusty bear trap, a long sock filled with quarters. And we got Hillary Clinton in there running around naked, drunk after being par- being found to be partying at the nation. All right. Uh, I don't even know what to do, Chris. Where do we go from first here? First of all, Clinton ain't never been to the nation. Oh, <laughs> damn. <laughs> so the nation is officially denying it then. So, okay. But. Berdella and Brady both don't even give a shit. They they're just like appalled. They're like so they just like you want to take care of this before we get in. So they just both like just go kill Clinton, whatever. Then fucking I'm pretty sure Berdella just grabs that bear trap and fucking throws it and he fucking catches Brady by his leg, ties fucking Brady up with the sock, doesn't even worry about the quarters. He's just like he just wants a sock just for some bondage shit. Okay. Has his way with Brady and Berdella wins. Okay. CK, what about you, man? What is your take on this whole craziness? My take is um, Burdell is going to throw Brady into the bear trap. Oh, okay. After after he mobilizes him, he's going to take that roll of quarter, the second quarters and just bash Hillary because he can't take it. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, actually. Okay. Uh, then when he's done with that, he's going to finish off Brady by um, just going, you know, fucking um, jail cell on him and, and just beat the shit out of him with the quarters. Okay. All right. Joey? So, so you're going with Berdella? Berdella for the win. Okay. Very good. Joey? Uh, I feel like uh, when the bell rings, Berdella and fucking Brady, I mean, 
that fight ain't nothing. Robert Dell is just going to fucking take that bear trap and just fucking beat Brady with it. He's not even going to fucking with trap, the trap yeah. He's yeah. going to beat him with the trap. With okay. He's going to kill Brady, and then he's going to fucking turn all his focus on that fucking stupid drunk bitch that was hanging out at the nation, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> oh, wow. He's going to walk over, and he's going to fucking... She's so fucking wasted that he just fucking pushes her over. He takes that whole long sock filled with quarters and shoves them up her cunt. And then he takes the fucking the rusty bear trap, throws it at her rusty uh, bear her trap, rusty bear tra- <laughs> fucking oh, clamps that shit shut, and then stomps on her face until it's a bloody mess. Then he's like, holy fuck, I ain't got no change to get the bus back home. So he I fucking get back cuts there. her stomach open and fucking takes the quarters out and puts them in his pocket and leaves winter. I right, you win. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I think on a physical standpoint, Berdella's gonna, you know, gonna be able to take Ian Brady. He's oh, a yeah. fucking child molester slash child killer for the most part, as far as I know. So uh yeah, that's that's good. And interesting, interesting <laughs> scenarios. I don't know. I definitely would, would agree with you guys. I think Berdella yeah. is, is the no winner. matter what he's the winner. But yeah. the Hillary Clinton it's thing from the nation, the- that's funny. No, it's not. But <laughs> according to the nation, <laughs> you know who wouldn't think that's funny? My dad. Yeah, yeah oh, I'm sure. <laughs> But you know, I mean, that's what makes it fun. But now, the, that would the, the be a nation ki- is officially that would denying. be a killer cage match. So drunk Hillary Clinton showing up first at the nation with pawback. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, the fuck out my yard! <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've done plenty of mayhem tonight. So let's hit that fucking outro. Shit yeah. It's a merciful fate, desecration of souls. Yeah. CK doesn't get much more classic than the Don't Break the Oath album. That's so amazing. That's what got me into those guys. So wicked. Yeah, such a great album. All right, the uh, bumper music tonight, Ozzy, Behemoth, Merciful Fate. As we said, there's so many bands we could have played in this one. With so much influence, uh, crazy with Crowley. Crowley. So, uh, CK, your intro music is by which band? band Right there, crazy with Crowley. That's right. That's right. CK, who does your intro, buddy? None other than Crisis. Hell yeah! And Joey, Murder Metal Mayhem intro. Low twelve. You got it. And six six fucking six. Onslaught, motherfucker. You got that shit right. Uh, thank you to everybody out there listening. We keep seeing the numbers rolling in. We appreciate it, and thank you so much. Got some good comments, though. Chris, why don't you take the first one there? We got Ramona McCor- McCorkle. Sorry. Yeah, Ramona, <laughs> Ramona McCorkle says, I uh, heard about you guys. I started. Hold on. I heard about you guys from a guy I started dating and loved the podcast. You guys sound like you have fun talking about fucked up shit. Love it in Boulder, Colorado. Hell yeah, yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Thanks, Ramona. That's fucking cool. All right, Joey. Uh, Danny Russo commented, 
I just moved to Austin, Texas, and I found you on Spotify on the drive here from Connecticut. You guys kill it, and I love the CKs in Connecticut, and Pete and Joey are from there, too. Hell yeah. Right, yeah. Thanks, Danny. Yep. That's fucking cool. It's not Daniel LaRusso. It's Danny Russo. Yeah, I was wondering that, too, <laughs> Karate Kid. Uh, CK, what about that third one? Um, I, I like this meme. Yeah. Mary Coy Contrary commented, Hey, guys, the show is fantastic. I love the true crime and metal mashup every week. Huge fan of the cage matches. Hails from Toronto. Hell yeah, that's awesome. Fucking right. Get a, get a lot of listeners from um, up from Canada. We yeah. do, we do. Uh, Devil Dogs six 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 commented. I live in Sydney, Australia, and this podcast is great. Thanks for playing the great Aussie metal. So fuck yeah, that's Devil right. Dog. Maybe. Fucking been playing a lot of awesome a lot of metal, good dude. Australian okay. bands. That's for damn sure. Uh, don't forget to check out MurderMetalMayhem.com to listen to all our past episodes. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, check us out on Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher. I mean, really, wherever you're listening, Castbox, iTunes. There's so many of them. Uh, so wherever that is, thank you. No, I haven't uh, haven't run into that either. Uh, Support the show by joining that 666 Club, the Patreon. Uh, You can go to patreon.com slash mayhem. I'll also link to that. Three bucks a month, guys. Nothing. And you get all kinds of cool perks. The show early, discounts on merch, uh, the karaoke songs when I get them done, and uh, all that. So... You can also go to creationofchaos.com if you want to pick up one of my books. And as I mentioned, uh, the audio book, Chris, I did it finally after your suggestion. And Creation of Chaos 3 is on Audible, iTunes, and Amazon in audio form. So if that's how you like to consume your books, a lot of people do. Like half, literally half the people that consume books are doing it that way. So uh, maybe give it a try if you've never done it before. I like audiobooks. Yeah, they're really cool. Uh, we can't let them go, though, without hearing a karaoke song. I did not get to do one this week, unfortunately, but this was a good one I did not too long ago. Um, it's just ridiculous. Uh, oh, so you know you love it. Crank it the fuck up. And until next time, keep one foot in the gutter. And keep your fist in a ghost's butthole. Do what that was. See the size of the flame Dwelling on the past Burning up my brain Everyone that to learn from the pain Hey, I think about the day My girl ran away with my pay When the fellas came to play Now she's shot with my homies and she fucked I'm a tucker with the lump in my throat Hey, like a chump I'm like a chump Like a chump Like a chump I'm like a chump Like a chump Like a chump Should I be feeling bad? Should I be feeling good? It's kinda sad I'm the laughing stock of the neighborhood And you would think I'd be moving on But I'm a sucker like I said 
Fucked up in the head, not. Maybe she just made a mistake and I should give her a break. My heart will ache either way. Hey, what the hell you want me to say? I won't lie, that I can't deny. I did it all for the nookie. The nookie. So you can take the cookie. Sing it up, yard. Sing it up, yard. Sing it up, yard. Sing it up, yard. I did it all for the nookie. The nookie. You can take the cookie and stick it up your Stick it up your Stick it up your Stick it up your ass Why did it take so long? Why did I wait so long, huh? To figure it out, but I didn't And I'm the only one underneath the sun who didn't get it I can't believe that I could be deceived By my so-called girl, but in reality Had a hidden agenda She put my tender heart in a blender Till I surrendered Hey, like a chump I'm like a chump Like a chump Like a chump I'm like a chump Like a chump Like a chump I did it all for the nookie The nookie So you can take the cookie Sing it up your Sing it up your Sing it up your Sing it up your I did it all for the nookie The nookie So you can take the cookie Sing it up your Sing it up your Sing it up your Sing it up your ass I'm only human It's so easy for your friends To give you their advice They'll just tell you Just let it go It's easier said than done I appreciate it I do But just fucking leave me alone Leave me the fuck alone Leave me alone Nothing's gonna change And you can't go away And I'm just gonna stay here And always be the change And nothing's gonna change Cause you can't go away And I'm just gonna stay here And always be the change Nothing's gonna change Cause you can't go away Nothing's gonna stay here And always be the same I did it all for the nookie The nookie So you can take the cookie And shake it up your Shake it up your Shake it up your Shake it up your I did it all for the nookie The nookie So you can take the cookie And shake it up your Shake it up your Shake it up your Shake it up your ass bitch One goes out to my buddy, Pizza Radovich, the biggest Limp Biscuit fan on the face of the fucking earth. Love you, brother.